The story is circulating about Leah Thomas. Leah has not rolled back what she gained in male puberty. I didn't like the fact that she was the target of this. It was a lot of right-wing news outlets that were covering Leah. We're at the University of Pennsylvania right now. Here's what's happening. There is a guy destroying uh, the girls' uh, race times, their records. Of course, there's tons of hate and very cruel commentary online, and um, and I know that she's uh, she's not reading it. For for Leah, it's purely been a question of can I be allowed to do what I love doing while still being who I truly am. It's the final in the women's 500-yard freestyle. The three-time Ivy League champion Leah Thomas was top qualifier in the prelims. And you can see and feel the tension in this building. Lyon there in second, and Brooke Forty surging up in lane number seven as Thomas starts to inch it out a bit. Coming up on a hundred yards to go, and Thomas making a move here to pull ahead. Leah Thomas in the prelims, a little bit faster every single lap. Here at the end of this race, Thomas starting to pull away. At the bell, it's Leah Thomas moving away from Emma Lyon. Brooke Forty into third. Leah Thomas pulling away over the final 150 meters. Had to work for it. She was pushed over the first 350 meters. Thomas wins the NCAA championship. I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for this meet. I was just happy to be here trying to race and compete as best as I could. Hello again, everybody. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb, and this is the Transporter Room. The intersection of sports, transness, sci-fi, gaming, all things nerd and geek, and a lot of other stuff. And yes, it was quite a week at the NCAA Division I Women's Swimming and Diving Championships at Georgia Tech. A lot of history was made. More on that in a minute. But it's been a busy week throughout sports. March Madness, well underway, NCAA tournament action. And according to ESPN, no one in their tournament challenge. Over 20 million brackets has a perfect bracket left. Depending on where you are, you could be sitting good or not so good, especially if you had Iowa and Baylor in the women's bracket and a host of teams in the men's bracket. Your bracket at best may be fractured or could even be broken entirely. In Out Sports, some great articles to check out this week. Now, Alex Reimer has... A story on, can Brittany Griner get a fair trial in Russia? A lot of nuance, and plus, that was a topic of the sports kiki this past weekend. So, check out the sports kiki. Check out this article. Jim Budzinski, talking about the Edmonton Oilers Pride Night over the weekend. They honored an active player who came out. Young prospect Luke Prokop was the Pride Night guest of honor. And Sid Ziegler. Five rings to rule them all this week. Nicole Haverland came out last week. Now, she's a standout for USA Rugby, and she talked about that when the Outsports Team LGBTQ list came out during the Olympics, she was kind of hoping that someone would just put her on it. You have several teammates who are out. Outsports, my company, um, we've identified 186 out athletes in Tokyo. We're tracking them as team LGBTQ. Is there any of this going through your head at that point at the Olympics? I, I've got out at, I've got out teammates. There are out competitors on many different teams. There, there all these people are talking about this. Is this going through your head? It actually was, you know, that article came out and I was scrolling all the way to the rugby section. And I was hoping, I was like, I hope I'm out. I'm, I hope I'm in this list. You know, that would be easy. Like, I'm hoping it's just right here. There's my name, Nicole Havlin, along with, you know, Lev Kelter and Chris Thomas. But when I saw that it wasn't there, I was like, yeah, dang it. Like, I really haven't said it, you know, and but that would have been like the easier route, I think. Now, the full interview this week's Five Rings podcast. Check it out. Of course, we have March Madness in the pool. NCAA Women's Division I Swimming and Diving Championships. And I'll tell you, it was quite a party, especially for the University of Virginia. UVA, the Cavaliers, runaway champions. They had 11 championship wins in eight 
15 events. You had two swimmers win three individual titles. You had Kate Douglas, superstar for Virginia, individual championship in three different strokes. That is unprecedented in NCAA competition, men's or women's. She won the 50 free, she won the 100 fly, and she won the 200 breast. Talk about your versatility. And not to be outdone, Alex Walsh also had three championships in the 200 IM, the 400 IM, and the 200 fly. So in a sense, Alex Walsh did exactly what Kate Douglas did. No matter what stroke the race calls for, Alex Walsh had an answer. And they swept a lot of the awards as well. They got Swimmer of the Year, which was Kate Douglas. Coach of the Year, according to Swim Swam, Todd DeSorbo. And the Freshman of the Year, young and fast, Gretchen Walsh. And she wasn't the only all-star freshman to get out there. Reagan Smith from Stanford, another freshman. She's an Olympic medalist and a world record holder. She won her first NCAA title. She won the 200 backstroke in 147.76. And Paige McKenna, freshman from Wisconsin, opened up a big lead in the 1650 and never looked back to win that individual championship. And on the other end of the eight spectrum was a fifth-year senior from the University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas. In the 500-yard freestyle, she was in a fight with three Olympic medalists from Tokyo. She was in a scrap, but in the final meters, she brought it on home. Leah Thomas pulling away over the final 150 meters. Had to work for it. She was pushed over the first 350 meters. Thomas wins the NCAA championship. Afterwards, she gave her first and last interview of the entire weekend poolside. You've undoubtedly been under the spotlight over the past few months. How have you been dealing with that and reasoning with everything? I try to ignore it as much as I can. I try to focus on my swimming, uh, what I need to do to get ready for my races, and just try to block out everything else. What did that race mean to you? It's, it means the world to, to be here, be with two of my best friends and teammates, and be able to compete. All season, Leah Thomas has been at the center of the discussion and the debate across multiple platforms about the matter of transgender people where do they fit in sports? One of those platforms was News Nation. And on Monday night, this reporter was a guest on Dan Abrams Live to talk all about it. She's oh, taken yeah. every hit in the jaw that you can take, and she's come up winning. And that's what I prefer to look at. She's a national champion and a three-time All-American. And you don't have to give her love, but I will. No, well, but can I, can I both believe that everything you said is true? and also believe that she has an enormous physical advantage because she was born as a man? Well, first off, let's get that born as a man stuff out of the way. She's a woman. Trans women are women. And I know that you're trying to say man, 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 because that's the playbook, no. Dan. The first part of the playbook is, is say that is, transgender women aren't women and cisgender women stink at sports. That's what the playbook no. is. Well, no, we're not I've, buying I've, that I've playbook tonight, her. Dan. We're not running that. Run that playbook I refer to her as a woman. I, I yeah, refer to her as a woman. You may have, in every but a lot instance. of people aren't. And the fact of the matter is, you feel the need, you and other commentators feel the need to continually talk about man this and man that every chance you get. Cut it out, please. The overall tally on Leah Thomas, a national championship in the 500 yard freestyle event, fifth place in the 200 yard free, Stanford's Taylor Ruck getting the win there, and then the 100 free. She was caught in the wake of Gretchen Walsh of Virginia like everybody else. Oh, by the way, how about Isaac Hennig of Yale? Tied for fifth in the 100 free, getting all America honors, but also the, the other transgender student athlete to compete in these championships made what I felt was the play of the week. It was a tattoo on his right arm. And in the consolation round of the 50 free, it was shown to the nation. It read simply, let trans kids play. And that's been the mantra throughout months and months of legislation and frustration. Now, one state that seems to have listened a little bit, at least temporarily, 
was the state of Indiana. On Monday, Governor Eric Holcomb vetoed Indiana's trans student-athlete ban bill that was passed two weeks ago. There's talk that the vote on an overturn may not happen until May. What we saw in Atlanta and what we're seeing in the state houses across this country are interconnected. We've heard a lot of sentiments about Leah Thomas from a number of people across all the hearings and all the floor debates on all this different legislation. And we've heard from the usual suspects like Save Women's Sports, led by your favorite and mine, Beth Stelzer. In fact, Stelzer had a contingent from her organization in Atlanta, and they were joined by a group from Standing Up for Women from the UK, led by a certain Kelly J. Keene, also known as Posey Parker. Now, Sarah McBride can tell you a thing or two about Ms. Posey. About the Equality Act and about why you're okay. Yeah, so am I. I want to know why this person is advocating to remove the safety for women and girls. Posey was back in America and at it again. First, locking horns with former Harvard swimmer and trailblazer Skylar Bylar in the stands. And then, on Saturday, got into a dust-up with journalists and the former host of the Transporter Room, Don Ennis. On the basis of the comfort and dignity of girls and women, I'm asking you, telling you, please do not use women's spaces. My it girls, makes them feel uncomfortable. My girls and the other women I am with are very comfortable with me in right. the bathroom. Well, fortunately, I'm not your daughter, and my daughter is also not your daughter. Oh, that's right. And she so would she feel... She would feel very uncomfortable. No, I, right. no you interrupted me. me. I'm asking you, as a mother, do not use female spaces. And I'm it very makes, uncomfortable. It makes women and girls feel very uncomfortable. You are not. How dare you? As a mother, I am very. You're not a mother. You have never birthed your children. You are not a mother, That was an unfortunate part of the week. That confrontation was instigated by one of the most notorious turfs from Turf Island. And that's the part I want to touch on a little bit. But before I do, congratulations, Leah Thomas. Congratulations, Isaac Hennig. And not just for this meet, but for this entire season. Under scrutiny, you both performed quite well. And now you have a title that no one can ever take away from you. You're all Americans. And yes, a little note to all those who want to pass this legislation. Transgender Americans are just that. We're Americans. And there's two more all-Americans who are trans student-athletes in the history of the NCAA. That increases the number to three. Since the NCAA's inclusion policy came to being in 2011, the first was my friend, my sister, my hero, CeCe Telfer, Franklin Pierce University, track and field 2019. And by the way, she's a three-time All-American, just like Leah Thomas is. And I especially want to point out Leah and give Leah the flowers and the accolades and the cheers that she deserves but didn't get. She deserves cheers. She deserves people saying, great job. She didn't deserve a right-wing media onslaught. She didn't deserve... The, the Daily Mail was sending a reporter to sit in the bushes in Florida to take pictures surreptitiously of college-age women in bathing suits. Perfs. Yes, in any other context, that would have just been creepy, perverted, and sick. She didn't deserve a rule change in the middle of the season. She didn't deserve accusations and rumors from people who said that they were silenced, yet they sang like canaries to groups like OutKick anonymously. She didn't deserve two groups of people who flew down to Atlanta to come to this championship for one purpose to harass her. Yeah, I know a lot of people 
throw that word fair around. This isn't fair. There's got to be fairness, but I'm still asking. When will Leah Thomas get some fairness? For all the people who claim not to know, this is what it comes down to. Leah Thomas won the race, was eligible by every metric and every rule. Say whatever you want about her, as long as you say before her name, national champion. Seeing Leah Thomas on that victory stand gave me and a community a little bit of hope. And we're going to try and carry that hope forward. Unfortunately, I'm also resigned to the fear that the next transgender student-athletes who may get this far will receive the same doses of ugliness that Leah Thomas endured all season. Maybe that'll change. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I'm not holding my breath. And that's the Red Alert Klaxon, which means we're going to take a little break. Give love to the sponsors. But when we come back, oh, Captain, my Captain, she has returned. And she has a lot to say about what went down in Atlanta. You won't want to miss this. This is the Transporter Room. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Transporter Room. I'm your host, Carly Chardonnay-Webb. And (laughs) what a week it was in Atlanta at NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships. Uh, American records seemed to be dropping like flies. History made all over the place. Virginia, dominant. And Leah Thomas of the University of Pennsylvania, became the first ever transgender student athlete to win a division one national championship and became the second all time to win one right behind CC Telfer from Franklin Pierce in 2019. But amid all that history and great performances, there was also a lot of rancor and a great deal of bitterness during the week and a lot of tension in regards to Leah Thomas being there, and regards to Yale's Isaac Hennig also being there competing. For the first time in an NCAA championship event, you had two transgender student-athletes competing, and some people, certain groups here in the United States and across the pond in the UK didn't like that, and they didn't like it so much that they actually boarded planes, flew down to Atlanta to voice their, their displeasure. Mind you, not to come down to root for anybody, but specifically to root against someone, Leah Thomas in particular. There was a transgender journalist with boots on the ground in Atlanta. And she's familiar to people in this Starfleet because she created it. Dawn Ennis, for two and a half years, was the managing editor at OutSports before she moved on to her next command in Starfleet. But we never forgot our old captain. And she's back with us to talk about what went down at Georgia Tech. Don Ennis, our admiral, my friend. Welcome back to the transporter room. Energize. <laughs> I've never been beamed up before. Thank you. Live long and prosper. Steady as she goes. Welcome home. <laughs> nice to be back on the TSR. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let me just make one point. Although yes. I was the only transgender journalist, I wasn't the only transgender per- person on campus. There are a lot of us. And there was an out non-binary journalist, a previous guest of this show, Katie Barnes of ESPN, who was just incredible to work alongside. Yes, Katie Barnes was there and it was good to see them there. It was good to see you there, and it was good to see a lot of the coverage that, for the most part, was fair. I would agree. With a few exceptions. You know, of course, the right-wing media will never totally be fair with this. But before we start, what was it like 
What was the atmosphere Thursday night? 500-yard freestyle. That great race and that great battle. And Leah winning. Take me through that race and take me through the feelings. It was a very tense center of attention and of, um, uh, of people just, you know, rooting for their individual teams. So everyone, let's just set the scene. Everyone wears their, their school colors or their school shirts. Um, they sit in groups together. It's not like you're at a baseball stadium and everyone's just out all over the place. People are all in groups, including the Save Women's Sports Group had their own little cheering section, but they weren't cheering. They were booing. Um, when Leah Thomas was announced over the loudspeaker, there were boos. And they came not just from the Saving Women's Sports, but from other folks around the uh, Aquatic Center. And it wasn't loud. It was just audible. For the most part, whenever Leah did anything or was her name was said, the sound in the place just sort of dropped. It was sort of like a, a buzz, and then it became silent. That, that almost drop a pin silence that you hear right before the starting um, bell. That is the kind of silence I'm talking about, where you hear people bustling and hustling, and all of a sudden just goes real quiet. And that happened when Leah was approaching the wall. As she was going for the wall, and she had led all the way through the 500, both in the prelims and in the finals, as she approached the wall, there was a buzz, but then it got quiet. And then when Emma touched the wall for the second place for the runner-up position, then the crowd went wild. The crowd, I have it on video, and I'm sure you saw it on Twitter. The crowd went wild for the second-place finisher and for all the other cisgender athletes. Um, when they went to the podium and uh, Leah was named the uh, national champion, again, there were some boos. And there was this one scene that was really misinterpreted. So the second, third, and fourth place finishers are all Olympians. All of them are silver medalists in swimming. And after they were introduced and given their uh, trophies, which, by the way, the national champion trophy and the runner-up trophy, pretty much the same. They don't look much different. That's weird. Um, so they all stood together, the second, third, and fourth place finishers, to take pictures. And Leah was standing off by herself, smiling, looking nervous, all alone. And of course, some photographers framed it so that Leah was far alone and these three were together. And kudos to the Olympians who wrote an article and a tweet and they said, hey, this wasn't meant as a slam. We're just, you know, we're Olympic. Uh, yes, Emma, Emma Wayne from Virginia, Erica Sullivan from the University of Texas, Brooke Forty from Stanford University. They were all teammates together on Team USA in Tokyo right, last summer. Right, and They and, took a picture together. In fact, Erica Su Sullivan on her Instagram talked about that at length and actually showed the actual picture. Right. Taken Dang. by a different photographer completely. Yeah, she said, dude, we're not trying to send a message. By the way, Erica wrote a great op-ed and Brooke had been quoted in January, both of them supporting uh, Leah. I reached out to Emma through Instagram and through her coach and through their media person. And I have not yet been able to get a statement from Emma about her feelings on Leah. I'm not sure. I'm sure I'm not the only one asking this. Um, matter of fact, when the University of Virginia wrote back to me, they called me Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine Lauren is also waiting for an answer. Um, I was disappointed not to get to ask Emma that question. But in the press room, and it's a separate area where the press is watching the arena, right. we're standing, we're sitting all the way on the very top, the last possible row. Then there's a separate room where the athletes are brought in, where we are all assembled with cameras and everything and audio equipment to interview the athletes. And we only get to interview the winners. Mm -hmm. So Emma doesn't come. And because she's a second place finisher, doesn't have to come. Leah is interviewed right after she gets out of the pool by ESPN. Right. Live. That's the only interview she gave the entire week, as far as we know. She declined the mandatory news conference that she's supposed to do as the winner, as the national champion. And then when we, the press, asked the NCAA organizers, hey, that's a violation of the rules. What are you going to do about it? She declined the answer, too, which means sometime in the future, weeks from now, 
there'll probably be some kind of fine or ruling or something. But look, it's Leah's last performance, last event. She ended her college career. And I got to say, watching her swim, she wasn't dominant, but she was fast. And that's what one of the other uh, swimmers who uh, competed against her said. It's exciting to swim against somebody who likes to go fast. And I just thought it was great to watch her um, be, you know, recognized as the champion she is. Because not just as a champion of swimming, but as a champion who has withstood so much hate and vitriol. Could you imagine your name becoming a hashtag that people use to say you're a cheater or to boo you? Her mom is in the stands there. I mean, that, that's one thing I was thinking about is that her parents child. Were that's not fair. No, it's not. And I'm in total agreement with you. And one of the things is, is for me, and again, I want to shout out Erica Sullivan, shout out Brooke Forty yeah. for being classy. Shout yeah. out Paige McKenna from Wisconsin, the winner of the 1650. Good quote. For also being cut for also for just showing class, no matter how you feel about the issues involved here. You show competitive class, unlike the person who was 17th in the 500, apparently, who wrote a letter saying that I was cheated because Leah was there. And that's not the type of kid I won on any team that I was coaching or any team that I was participating on. Now, one thing I do want to touch on. What's that? Is what you went through, the altercations that that apparently went down that right now is getting all this smoke and all this heat. The the best Stelzers and the Posey Parkers of the world are going to have their view. I want to hear from you. What went down? If you don't mind, I'm going to hijack you for a second to say that it's not fair to focus on me because of all the hate directed at Leah. I agree. What Leah went through is 10,000 million times more than what I had to endure. But what is true of this is other reporters talk to some of the other transgender like spectators about feeling endangered, feeling threatened by the protesters. So let me just walk you through it. First of all, outside the McCauley Aquatic Center, the Georgia Tech Aquatic Center on the campus of Georgia Tech, there were protesters from Save Women's Sports flanking the walkway towards the arena. Okay. They have bullhorns, they have signs, they have uh, students with signs, they have women with signs, and they had some men out there with signs too. And they're asking people to honk, and they are basically in everyone's face. Often, like they were at the USA Cycling Cyclocross Nationals a few months ago. And there were about, I'd say about 20 of them, all right, from Thursday to Friday. And then on Saturday, there's a difference. On Saturday, Police put them behind a barricade that they had to stay behind so that the walkway was clear. So they couldn't just wander about and get in your face the way they were. One of the activists actually took her phone and she was putting it in my face. She was doing this to me, putting her phone in my face because obviously, you know, I'm Dawn Ennis and that's something that they want to record. They also did the same thing. This woman, Kat. She went over across the street on Thursday to the trans activists, mostly students, mostly young people, Mm -hmm. trans and non-binary people who were chanting in opposition to the Save Women's Sports folks. So think about it. In addition to Leah, you also have Isaac Hennig, who's a trans man, who is a man swimming with women. (laughs) And they're all yelling, no men in women's sports. Well, There it is. It's a man in women's sports. (laughs) I asked Beth Stelzer, the founder of Save Women's Sports, what she thought. Like, well, you're saying you're against uh, men in women's sports. Isaac's a man. What she said to me was, well, if a woman wants to identify as a male, that's her right. But I think there still could be an issue as far as her streamlining because of her mastectomy. And then misidentified Isaac as a woman. And I asked Isaac about that. And Isaac's like, I'm not a woman. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm not a woman. And 
He also addressed this whole sandbagging thing that John Lone of Swimming World magazine and some of the parents were, were scuttering oh, about. That's a crop. In, in the final event on Saturday and on Friday in Friday's uh, competition, Leah didn't win. Yeah, she got. Kevin Iro was improved. Trans athletes don't always win, and they were accusing Leah of sandbagging of of deliberately losing. And Isaac was like, anybody who ever competes in sports knows you don't ever throw a, a race. You give it your best, no matter what. So I don't believe for a second that Leah sandbagged. I don't. I don't buy. I didn't buy that from the beginning either. And and to be honest, let's be real about the two hundred free and the hundred free. Leah was an underdog in both those. Yes. And Leah was the definite underdog, especially when you look at who won those events. Right, right. I mean, she's a 500, I, she's, a, she's a stamina swimmer, right? Yeah, she's, 500, she's more of a 16, distance 50, swimmer. All these other swimmers. She could have been in the 16th, she could have been in the relay. But this is the three events that she decided to compete in. And she got her championship, so I'm happy for her. Yes, As she for, did. And, see, and, that's, and that's the thing for me. Yeah. Is that it's a lot of this heat that Leah got this week was for one simple reason, because she won. Remember, trans women are, we're okay with trans women as long as you lose. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, Leah in the 500 going into that race was the favorite. The only, the only swimmer I really thought going into that, that could really ch mount a challenge. Isabel? Actually was Brooke. No, it was Brooke. Oh. Brooke I Bar. thought Brooke, I thought Brooke Forty was going to. I honestly, I thought Brooke Forty would win it yeah. because she's got big meat experience. It is a distance that's right in her wheelhouse, and plus, she's a two-time national champion at the distance. Brooke Forty has won this before, but Leah didn't dominate. She was only a couple. What was it? Fraction oh, a couple seconds. Leah so didn't yeah. even lead part of that race. That's the thing. Right. At the beginning of that race, it was. Emma took out front, yep. and then Erica got in there for a minute. Erica Sullivan got in there, and then Emma Lant took it took it back, and then Brooke stuck her nose in there. It wasn't until the last, like really last, last fifty last yards. Hundred. It was, like, it was in that la yeah, it was in yeah. that last hundred where Leah was able to take command and take yeah. control of the race, and then extend it out a little bit. It was only one point seven five seconds. Right, that's not yeah. a big margin over five hundred yards. It's, it's something not. you wrote. Leah didn't break any records. Zero. No. Even at Isaac, but that's not the point. The point is that this was not a dominant performance. She was a competitor, and you know the coach of uh, the winning coach of uh, UVA. Todd yeah, Todd DeSorbo. Yes, Todd DeSorbo said, "Competition is competition." Yes. And that's how we went into it. I asked him probably the best question I asked the whole week. I said, would you coach a transgender athlete? Now you have seen Leah Thomas and you've seen Isaac Hennig. And, you know, he could have said, I don't want to answer that question or um, no, I won't. Uh, but he said instead, I would have to see. I would have to see that athlete and I would have to make the decision at that time and make a decision, you know, based on the person. I think that's actually a very positive thing. That's to a say. fair question. To me, yeah. it's a fair answer. And he, see, and here's the thing that gets me about all the people that are talking about dominance. Mm. If you want to talk about dominance this week, let's talk about the University of Virginia Cavaliers this Ooh, week. Second year, second yeah, row. Yeah, second in a row. But also, 18 events, they won 11 of them. 11 out of 18. That's got to yeah. be some kind of record, right? Well, they came close to a scoring record. Yeah, but if but if you if you swam the last two weeks, they said Virginia's going Virginia's going to win this thing. The question is, how much will they win by? Yeah, the swimmers set pool records. It was a wonderful news conference we have with them. I tried to make sure that when I was asking questions, I was asking questions like, not do you think Leah should swim, but what is it like for you to hear those cheers and knowing that another competitor who's right in the next lane isn't getting cheers, but getting booed. What does that feel like for you? And, you know, these women are very smart. They're very smart and very thoughtful. And all of the ones I interviewed were all very supportive of Leah. Every one of them had at least the thought of, I was focused on myself, but I think that she's a competitor and she deserves a, a chance. So you wanted to ask about that uh, crazy thing that happened on Saturday. After the final. Well, in a minute. 
in a minute because okay. I want to talk about Virginia just a little bit more. Okay. Because they were great. If nothing else, the 2024 Olympic trials is going to be lit mm-hmm. between between a Kate Douglas who won national championships on three different strokes. That's incredible. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. I mean, Kate Douglas, Alex, look at both Alex and her sister Gretchen. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in the mix for yeah. They're going to be in the mix for for um, Paris in twenty four. That's sure. another thing. You've got freshmen. You've got freshmen who are coming in here and immediately making an impact, like Brett Gretchen, Incredible. like Paige McKenna, like Paige McKenna. And you've got a high school crop coming behind, which are already running times that could have gotten them on the podium here at nationals. Women's swimming in the United States is in a very good place right now. I'm excited about the future. And I also think that we may say Leah and I don't know about Isaac. Isaac wouldn't commit to either telling me he was going to start on his uh, medical transition of hormones, of testosterone, and he wouldn't comment on whether he'd be back with the Bulldogs next season. So we'll have to see what happens with him. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing about Isaac, because I felt as much as the attention that was, was on Leah, Isaac, to me, made the play of the week. <laughs> I, there was the play of the week when Isaac had the tattoo in his arm saying, let trans kids play. Let trans kids play. Did you get a chance to talk to him about that? I did indeed. Actually, it was great because uh, we were in the hallway. Uh, uh, Katie Barnes and I, they were uh, waiting patiently because Isaac was being hugged by fans, by other parents, by their own parents and his parents, by the way, I spoke to them uh, both Thursday and on Saturday. Just great folks here um, from Menlo Park, who uh, California, who you know traveled here to Atlanta. I mean, <laughs> to to cheer mm-hmm. on their their child, and just incredible. As we pulled Isaac aside, we asked him about that tattoo, and he said, "You know, I can't wear anything that's political." So there's nothing in the rules that says you can't have a tattoo. So that's why he went with the tattoo that says, let trans kids play. And he talked about all those states of hate, all the laws that are going out that are basically outlawing trans kids from competing, outlawing gender-affirming care. And he wants to be an advocate as well as a competitor. Um, I was very impressed by this young man. Very smart, very savvy, very well-spoken. And so handsome too. I mean, he's really cute, <laughs> cute kid. But well, strong. I'm going to say this strong. right now to both Leah and Isaac: You have a standing invitation <laughs> to come on the transporter room. You just let me know when, and I'll clear the decks for the both of you. You know because where I wanted to be Saturday night? Well, I overheard Baylor talking to Skyler. Uh, sorry, I heard Skyler Baylor talking to um, Isaac Hennig after we did our photo thing. Right. I took pictures of Baylor and uh, right, and Skyler says to Isaac, "All right, so listen, we're going to meet up with Leah later, okay? So I'll, I'll talk to you later." And I thought, "Oh, to be a fly in the wall with Leah, Isaac, and Skyler Baylor, yeah, out and how it, celebrating." How important was it that Skyler was there? Fantastic! Think? It was one of the few moments we saw Leah smile because as she was leaving the pool. Skyler was with a trans a woman from Georgia Tech, a student at Georgia Tech, who had a big trans flag. And she sat right, right above the pool deck with the trans flag. And Skyler was there and he waved and she waved back. And he was great because he talked to uh, uh, reporters and he talked to Ms. Uh, Posey Parker. Yeah, yeah, we saw the, a lot of video is was floating around about that little altercation. But one yeah. thing I will say, and also Skyler, still want you. I still want you here. You got you got to sit an invitation too. Yeah, I agree. But and and to me, it was important that he was there. Yeah, I agree. I really like the fact that he was there. I like the fact that there were students at Georgia Tech who 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 said, no, we're going to make this a welcoming place. We're going to stand out if no one else. And I'm pretty sure 
one thing, just asking, as someone who's been through this, mm. you've been through the maelstrom of all the people with things to say, and in your own in your own journey, you've had the brickbats come at you from all directions. No doubt. If you could have the chance to sit down with Leah and just talk about the time after, what would you tell her as regards to how you heal? If you heal. The very first thing is to understand that this isn't about you as a person. This is about what you represent to people who are scared, people who are uninformed, or people who have never met someone like us. This isn't about us personally, even though it feels very personal. It's really about fear of losing that which they are used to. Their fear of the world changing. Their world is men and women. And men are always men and women are always women and traditional roles. And what Leah, you and I have all basically done is upended that cart and said, you can be whoever you want to be. You can be whoever you want to be, not whatever you want to be. We're not talking about, you know, I identify as a lawnmower. No, it's about knowing your true self, being self-introspective. And I would say to Leah, Leah, the best way right now for you to get over this is to throw yourself into the next thing, is to take the time to process, but don't obsess and don't focus on them, but focus on your feelings and focus on the fact that you probably do feel wounded and forgive yourself for feeling as if maybe you deserve that because you don't. And then get on your horse and start swimming or maybe start another sport or play basketball, whatever it is you want to do. I mean, you're graduating. You're a fifth year senior. So maybe look at that, you know, career you're going to be going for. Um, she talked about law school. Yeah. Maybe go to law school. Maybe you want to be a civil rights lawyer. I know that there are some civil rights lawyers who need to be replaced out there. So, you know, <laughs> Title IX uh, needs people like us to help redefine it and explain it. So I would say to Leah, more than anything, don't allow the hits, the brickbats to do more than bruise you. All right. Don't let them get under your skin. You got to shake that shit off. And yeah. the only way to do that, honestly, is to take it, process it, and then put it away and put it aside and say, I've got this. I'm good. I deserve to be the champion. I earned it. Mm -hmm. And she did. Also, another thing, Leah, a little, little hint from me. I yeah. know you're an anime fan, so hey, we're treating some anime for a little while. It's all right. You've Watch earned it. Star Trek. Watch some Star Trek. That's what you should do. Oh, we're gonna get to that in a minute because I can't I can't let you go and not talk you about what well, you want to hear about you want to hear about the Kelly Jean Keen thing, right? Well, quickly. Give me All the right. reader, give me the reader's digest condensed version. Because I don't want to get less. Ready? Okay. I'm doing my job. I'm interviewing one of the Save Women Sports people. They give me this book, which is by Coach Linda Blade. And Ew. it's a treatise against us. Ew. I, I accepted it gracefully. Beth Stelzer and I had a very pleasant, but, you know, difficult interaction in which we tried to be respectful of each other, even though we don't agree. And then out of nowhere, as I'm interviewing this young woman, this little, I don't want to say little, but this, this blonde woman with a British accent starts interrupting. I say, excuse me, I'll be right with you. And I'll continue my interview. And when the interview is over, I said, I'm sorry, you wanted to ask me something or say something. And then I asked her, is it okay if I keep recording? And she said, yes. And then she started in with her tirade. Yeah. And she's, I've seen on the video, she's just a few feet from me. Mm -hmm. And she has people recording this. And this is a setup. It's entrapment. It's an ambush. Oh, yes. And then more people start gathering. And by four, I know it. I've got nine women, all with cameras in my face. I've got Kelly Jean, Kelly J. Keen. Inches from my also known as Posey Parker, Posey Parker Instagram. Inches from my face, saying, "How dare you!" And you're not a woman, and all this other stuff. And you know, best tells her pointing her finger at me. You didn't birth your children. She screeched. 
That right there would have, if I was there, that right there might have caused an altercation. That was I not just, fair. I, I try to keep my cool and I just said, and you did a good job of it. Thank you. I just said, I'm, I don't claim to be a mother, even though I call myself a mom. I'm not my kid's mother. I mean, I'm doing the job of mom. I'm a dad who does a job of mom. My wife died. Yes. What am I going to do? I'm not a woman. I'm not a man who can be a dad like traditional single dads. I'm a woman doing the job of single parenting. I'm a mom. I'm not there, mom. I'm doing the job of mom. One more thing. A cow dad of a swimmer who some reports say his daughter was disqualified or, or didn't make the cut because of Leah Thomas, whatever. He starts asking me, do you menstruate? Do you have a period? Ew. Yeah, I, I heard getting, that. And that was horrible. He starts getting in my face also. And finally, you know, even though security guards were around and they were doing nothing. And I said to them, are you going to disrupt this? Are you going to stop it? Finally, a security official came and said, okay, that's enough. You've, it's a free country, but time to go. And he marched them out. They deny they were escorted out. Hey, whatever. I, I don't really care much about that. Here's an interesting little nugget. When they got outside, there was a big fight. Some of them were angry at the others for what they did to me. Some of them stood up for me and said that they felt that that was wrong. And they had a big falling out and they separated. Someone even threw apparently a water bottle and like crushed it on the ground. I didn't see it. I'm just telling you what I heard. And since then, Beth Stelzer and I have been communicating privately. I can't disclose what she said. She only said one thing on the record. For the record, I did not fly Kelly Jean Keene to the United States. Okay. That's, that's, her, that's her statement. That she's not responsible for Kelly J. Now we know who this is, right? She harassed Sarah McBride. McBride, yes. Right? She is part of this group called Standing for Women. And she has been financed by religious groups here in the US yes. who want to threaten our rights. They want to take away our trans rights or block same. trans rights. Now, now. Full disclosure, the same groups that are listed as partners of Save Women Sports. I'm not They're denying the same groups. The I'm same not denying groups. it. I'm not saying I'm an ally of Save Women Sports, Carly. No, I'm not. No, I, I, I know you aren't. I think just, we need to have I think we need to have a positive dialogue that expresses our our own views yeah, and respects yeah. the fact that people can disagree without it devolving into this shouting yeah, and screaming and you're not a mother. I, yeah, but one question. <laughs> yeah. Can I can we really have a positive dialogue with a group whose website openly says males who participate in women's sports? I don't buy Beth Stelzer. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say that honestly. I hear you. I think if we could get them to say that trans women are women, I've been trying to get Nancy Hogshead McCarr to say that. And she's actually come out <laughs> and said, she actually came out and said, you see on Twitter, trans women are not women. So now that she's saying the quiet oh. part out loud, at least we now know who she is. Turf. Yes. Turf. Turf. I mean, her, Mar her, Martina Navratilova, check word for Margaret Court. Would you still hey. have her? Would you still have her on the show? I would. would have Martina or Nancy or anything? I would have, a, I would have Martina, Na Nancy. Best Delzer could come here. Okay. But I, but I will warn you. <laughs> but I will warn you. You're not me. <laughs> I am not. I am not Don Ennis. <laughs> and I, and I really do not appreciate, and I'll say this publicly, I do not appreciate what Best Delzer said to you at all. Best Delzer has no idea the hell you've gone through the last six years. I, I, I got to say that the, he has no idea. The, and I don't the, think that's right. And that's just mean and cruel. The stuff that's online right now is really hurtful because. Yes, it is. Picking up pictures of my dead wife. Posting pictures of me before transition from nine years ago, folks, for calling me something I'm not. For telling me I'm not allowed to use the women's room. It's really hurtful. Carly, I haven't felt this way since I was a little child in a schoolyard and bullies surrounded me and called me a fag and called me a fairy and beat me up. That's how I felt. I actually was afraid that somebody was going to grab my hair. I really was afraid of that. I thought somebody might try and reach for it. They were close enough that they could have. I was frightened, but I didn't, I didn't show it. The first rule of fighting a bully is don't let them, don't, don't show them how they're getting to you. Yeah. So that's what I did. And, but on the upside, yes, you've done a lot. I cannot let you go without talking about some of the interviews you've done, 
Thank you. Star Trek Rome recently. Yes. Captain and Picard. You had you had Jean-Luc Picard himself. Admiral Picard. Do you, you know had Admiral Picard? What was that like? Was, he, well, the best part was I was like, I don't know what to call you. Do I call you Sir Patrick? So uh, do I call you Mr. Stewart? He says, Well, Dawn. <laughs> my friends called me Pat. So call me Pat. And I thought, wow, I'm calling Sir Patrick Stewart Pat. And he's pronouncing my name Dawn. <laughs> Um, it was wonderful. It was really nice. And he talked about Ian McKellen, who's a lovely gay man, and how the two of them have really, they stand up for LGBT rights. What great allies they are. And, you know, Ian's gay, so it's like natural for him. But Patrick, they kiss on the lips. Yeah. You know? hey, what the hell, right? That's All one thing I always respected great. about Patrick Stewart is that this is a straight man who don't give a damn. Doesn't give a damn. He's down, he, he stands out front. And of course, Ian I'll say this, Sir Ian yes. is one of the reasons I came out. Because really? Sir Ian, yes, because Sir Ian said something very important. Coming out is good for you. Yes. It's good for yourself. It's good for your community. It's good for your society. See, but and, this is why. And at the time, and yeah. given I'm at an anniversary, I officially stepped out five years ago this week. Woo! And it was Woo! hearing that. It was hearing Ian McKellen say that in an in an interview that he did. Um, he came out. He talked to Owen Jones about this. Oh yeah, him. sure, I know who it is. And and by the way, Owen Jones, it's a, that's another person who anytime you want to come in, anytime you want to get beamed up, you can get beamed up. Can I get Sir Ian and and and, and uh, Owen. I'd love to get them both. Okay. Oh, I'd love I'd love to have them both because I watched that show because it was Sir <laughs> Ian when when he said that. That's what it told me. No. Well, let me forward. just tell you. Nine years ago this week, I turned 58 uh, this uh, Friday, I think it is. So I took a birthday trip, and I lived as me for an entire week. I wasn't just doing part-time nine years ago, and I came back and I realized I can't pretend anymore. I can't pretend yeah. that it's just something I do when people aren't looking or when I you know, have a free moment. I had to do this all the time. And that's what really hurts when people call me a man or say I'm not a mom or say I'm not a woman, it's like they want to erase my revelation, my ability to live happy. I am happy. Even with all the shit I got to deal with, yes. right now, all the hate, I'm still happier than I ever was living in a closet. And don't you dare try to put me back in there. Don't you dare try to tell me that I can't be in a woman's space, because you know what? I'm a woman. And that's just how it is. <laughs> is one one note I do want to get at. Two two things since we're coming on the home stretch. I gotta ask these. Yeah, sure. One, what was it like seeing Mary Wiseman on stage? First of all, she's lovely. And all those people who are are size shaming her, F you, you need to stop. All exactly. Right? She's beautiful, and she really, I mean, she owns this part. There'll be a story coming up in Forbes soon about at the wedding at Lincoln Center. Uh, at Lincoln Center Theater, get your tickets if you're in the New York area. She's great. She's playing uh, a lesbian who is watching her ex get married to a man. So it's a really interesting play. Um, it was wonderful for my youngest, who is a trans uh, girl who is uh, in love with acting and mm -hmm. got to watch real actors act. And... Getting to meet her and talk to her afterwards was also wonderful. Um, she is very much different from her Tilly character, both in the show and in real life. But those facial expressions and the little voices she does sometimes <laughs> are all very much part of her repertoire. Um, it's just great. You would not see Tilly in the show, but you do see things that she does as Tilly in the show. And just a sweetheart. Um, we've talked uh, on Zoom for other interviews. And I also love her husband, who is also, the two of them are Juilliard grads. And you know who they are friends with? Mary Chifo, who played the, the Klingon in seasons one and two. The three of them all met in Juilliard. Isn't that amazing? All in the same now, show. Now, I do have a request for an interview. What's that? If it, for your next Star Trek, for a future Star Trek interview. No. Can a girl get John Delancey? Ooh. Can we get John Delancey? Because I love John Delancey as an actor. And for what he's done in Trek is Q, because yeah, he's Q a really is, great guy to talk to. I, I mean, that is a person. Hey, John, 
Come on, let me beam you up because I really enjoy. I've seen a lot of his work Incredible over the, work over the years. Yes, yeah. not just Star Trek. He's done so much work. And you hear what his condition was for coming back? He says no leotards. <laughs> <laughs> but no, quickly on Picard. What's your yeah. thoughts on? What's your thoughts well, on the show? I'm ahead of you. I've seen the next three episodes that you haven't seen yet. Maybe the next four. Um, being a journalist to get screeners and stuff. Yeah. It's great. It's great. I think that all the things that people don't like about um, Discovery, you will like seeing explored in Picard. If you're one of those people who think that Star Trek has gone too political or too liberal, um, there's a little bit of that in Picard that I'm going to just admit out there. I mean, it's made by Hollywood. Hello. What are you expecting? Fox News? So (laughs) I I love the actors. Um, There's, can I give you a spoiler? Hit me. There's a, there's Hit a me. I'm going to watch it anyway. There's a character in The Next Generation who everyone loves, who is back in Picard, but not played just by the actress we know her as. There's a younger version of her in Picard. So if okay. you get what I'm getting at. I know very, what you're getting at, so very I'm going to check it out. actress is back in Star Trek, and she's played by two people. So I'm going to, so like I said, so Picard is kind of like your binge right now. That's yeah. Kinda, it's going to be your thing. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a bit si- since you're going to get a little rest time after this work you've been putting in. want to throw, want to throw another binge at you. If you have okay. Peacock, yeah. Bel Air is real. Bel Air oh, is yeah. good. It's Watch a whole different it. take, right? Yes. It's a whole different take, but it's really, but they really did a good job with it. That's something that could have really blown up in their face. And instead it's, really really good it's one of the best i would say it's right up there with a card and it's right up there with a ted lasso in regards to streaming services and the series they're putting up but is there dancing of course oh actually there is <laughs> i will i will say it. last episode they brought that uh, last episode the carl the carlton was in it was back. mentioned yes that's <laughs> one thing that makes the show work is that they are they are making all these references to the original French pr- Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They're throwing all these references in, in one way or another, and working them into the story, but the new story itself. And it's well-acted, well-scripted, good characters. It is a, it's a worthy binge. It's something worth looking at. I want to check it out. You know, I wanted to just say something. The last thought I wanted to give you about NCAA Yes. I mentioned this to um, Katie Barnes, who is, in addition to being non-binary, she's also a woman of color, right? So she's intersectional. NCAA, would you please start training some young black girls and get them involved? Because there was one girl who I think might have been um, black and also another race, but it's so white. It's well, so that's a Well, that's an issue wrong. that we're... But- Interesting thing. It's an issue that I've talked to some people about. They it's got an issue that we're going to be talking about in some future on some future pride podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's one thing. Like, for example, just a note to the swim swam fellas. Anytime you want to come on, because I want to talk about swimming. Great I want to talk I want to talk about where the sport is going because the sport has a good future, but also the changes that are happening in the sport because the changes that are happening in the NCAA. Because in a sense. The th- what we're talking about in regards to Leah Thomas is really a sidelight to bigger issues in regards to the future of college athletics and what positions college athletics will have in our future. Because the fact of the matter is, think about this. I want to think for people that want to talk about dominance, consider this 18 events, 17 of them were won by Power Five schools. Right, right. And really, 11 was won by the same school. 38 schools scored points. No, three how many of them? Yeah. How many of them were outside the power five? Only seven scored points. You only had one national championship from a smaller school. Right. right now, you have a number of schools which what what sport gets cut whenever a sport needs to be cut? Swimming yeah, is usually the first one gone. Right. It's usually men's swimming or both men's swimming, usually, but oftentimes both go. And at the same time, which you're also which you're also seeing by one swimmer. What was that? Ran. I said Connecticut had only one school represented, and it was by Yale. Yeah, it was by Yale. Man, <laughs> trans 
a swimmer, Isaac Hennig. I mean, and come on, there are a lot of great swimmers here in Connecticut. And on the other side, two schools which started swimming programs in the last two years, Hampton Institute and Howard University, historically black colleges and universities, right. are getting back into swimming. Good. That's these what we, are things where these are things about. worth talking about. I mean, there's that's another thing with the whole issue with Leah is that a lot of people talk about well, Leah has all these has all this advantage. Well, let's talk about advantages in budget. Let's talk about advantages and resources. Let's yeah. talk about advantage. Let's talk about the advantage before you even get here. And let's not talk about what's in her pants, okay? Get your mind oh. out of your freaking pants. <laughs> it has nothing to do. I, last time I, what was the last sport you heard of where a penis was involved? My whole point is, why are people? Why was the Daily Mail down in Florida trying Daily to get to, yeah, the- trying to get shots of? College-age women, their babies. Now, look, if I was a parent, oh, somebody would be catching hell at the Daily Fail about that. Daily Mail and Fox News but, and um, and uh, some of the, like, News Nation, some of the right-wing media, they were there. Oh, they were there. Yeah. But but I can tell you, I was glad you were there. I was glad Katie was there. And, and you And you know something? I'm glad that you came back in this forum. And you know, you all, this is home. You, I love you created this. I love and and I'm proud I of what you've done. Man. Let me just say, I am so proud of what you've done. You have gone where no dawn has gone before. <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate it. And Don, I'm gonna beam you back down because I know you have a well-earned rest. Live long. Let's go, Mets. Wait, let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We have a baseball season, but just know this: you are and always shall be my friend. Thank you for joining me here at the Transporter Room. Thanks to Dawn Ennis for being here this week and for doing all that she does to uplift our community and also thank all of you for gracing me with your time and your presence here at the Transporter Room. A reminder, if there's something you want to see or something you want to say about what we do here, please leave a message on our Twitter page, leave a message on our Facebook page, and leave a message on our Instagram page. Transporter Room 10 Ford. Remember, everything I do at the Transporter Room, I do for all of you, the people who support us. That's the Transporter Room for this week. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. Live long and prosper. Study as she goes. I'll catch you all next week.